Hi, this is Sarit Schwetzer, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast, a podcast devoted to the teachings of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, as recorded in his most famous work, the Tanya. My hope for this show is to make these teachings accessible and relatable to the average person, regardless of prior Jewish education or affiliation. The episodes follow the prescribed daily study portions and are meant to serve as practical lessons in how to live your life as your true self and develop an authentic and powerful relationship with your Creator. I have personally experienced the effects the study of this work has had on me, and I'm excited to share what I can of this knowledge with you. So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Top podcast. This is episode 174 for the 14th of ER and a leap year. So today is Pesach Sheni, so happy Pesach Sheni. And I hope everybody takes some time today to eat some matzah. That's the main thing that we do on Pesach Sheni. Pesach Sheni is all about a second choices, all about how you should never give up. It's never too late. And so uh, you can read more about that elsewhere, but just maybe you can try to have that meditation for today of really thinking about what areas in your life do you feel sometimes that you feel tempted to give up with, especially when it comes to your relationship with God, and maybe just try to recommit yourself to that relationship with God and remind yourself that it's never too late. It's never too late to really grow and progress in your relationship with God. So with that being said, let's get into the Tanya for today. So for context, we are still in the middle of chapter 48. And before we begin, I want to ask you guys, can you think of the last time that you went to see a play or a movie or something similar like that? Let's let's maybe keep it simple. We'll think about a play or a movie. And so think about that play or movie that you saw and think about your experience in watching the play or the movie. So most likely what you are watching was and what you are experiencing were the overt scenes that you were watching, watching the people talk, you were watching the scenery, you were watching the story unfold and all of that kind of stuff. So now what about the things that you did not see? The things you did not see were all of the things that were occurring behind the scenes. Were, it was all of the planning that went into it. So it, if you have a playwright, so the playwright often writes plays based on his own experience, his or her own experience in his, in his or her own real life. But the general process of the person who's writing the play is that they'll visualize the play in their mind before actually putting it down and before making it real. So that this entire play and everything that's made up of it exists in the person's mind and the person actually encompasses this play within their mind. And then even when the play is being performed, well, what it is that we see overtly when we're watching this play, there's another more subtle thing going on. A more subtle thing of what you're watching is this encompassing layer of the playwright's mind. So this is a very apt analogy to understand what it is that we're going to be learning about today, namely the aspect of God that 
is present here in the world, but in this more encompassing manner. This is a term which is often referred to in Chassidus as sovev kol almin, which literally means encompasses all the worlds. And it's often used in by way of contrast to another term, which is called memale kol almin, which means fills all the worlds. And these are two different levels by which God relates to the world. God's light relates to the world. So today we're really going to focus on that first one, sovev kol almin, that encompasses all the world. And we're going to understand it in the same way that we think about in terms of the play or the movie, that when we live here in this world, and we talked about this a little bit yesterday as well, there's a lot that we experience with our five senses, but then there's a subtext. There's something else going on that's behind the scenes, and that's really God's mind, and that's God's will, and that encompasses the world in this all-pervasive way, but we don't see it, and we don't sense it in the same way that we do the more tangible physicality of the world, but it doesn't mean that it's not true, and it doesn't mean that it's not real, and in fact, it's even more real than it, than is the case in terms of the playwright in relation to the play. Because when it, we talk about the playwright in relation, to, in relation to their play, even though the concept of the play, the visualization, what the, what the playwright is seeing exists in their mind, at the end of the day, there's the mind of the playwright and then there's the play and they're two sub- separate objects and they have two separate things. However, when it comes to God and We've learned about this already in the Tanya. There is no separation. So what is encompassed by God's mind is also, also exists within God's mind. So there's a, it's, it's much more intimate. So the relationship that as intimate as the relationship might be between the playwright and their play, the relationship of God to the world is even more, infinitely more in, intimate than that, even if it's not something that's tangible and percent, perceptible by our senses. So let's get straight into the text and see how the Alter Rebbe explains this. So the Alter Rebbe says that in order to illustrate this idea that we've been talking about, this whole idea of uh, of how God is here in the world, and we've been talking about this in, in the previous sections of this chapter, uh, but we don't experience God fully, and God had to constrict himself and um, and and hide himself from the world. So to really understand this, we can actually look at the physical world. So we, when we think about the physical world, so we know that there's a concept that we learn that we say, that the entire world is filled with God's glory. Meaning to say that it's, and this here, the altar Rebbe brings a citation for this from Yirmiyahu chapter 23, verse 24, where it says, So meaning to say, do I not fill the heavens and the earth, like asking a rhetorical question. And this is the speech of God. So nevertheless, so even though we know that this is true, like we learn about this in Torah and in Chassidus numerous times that God fills the entire world. When we talk about what's actually vested within the physical world in a way that's really revealed in a way of, in, in, with a revealed influence, we, we only experience this in a very, very small, a small amount of this vitality, in a way of domem and somech, in a way of uh, of the inanimate and the vegetative aspects alone. So we've talked about this previously, how there are four orders of creation. There's the order of the inanimate, the domem, the vegetative, the tzomech, the chai, the animal, and the madaber, the human. And these are have a lot of different ways of understanding them. It's the four orders of creation. There's four different types of species in creation. And it's also four different types of like 
aspects of creation. So what we, the aspects of creation that of in terms of God, in terms of God's hashba, in terms of God, God's influence and revealed light in this world, we only experience it on these two lower levels, these two levels of the inanimate and the and the vegetative. So it's like there's a lot of God's life based light basically that is not revealed to us here, and so we say that the the actual light of God, the actual or Sof, we refer to as being sovev. We refer to as being surrounding encompassing, even though it really is inside of the entire world. So we're not saying that God's not in the world. God is very much inside this world. However, it's not revealed. This revelation, this influence is not revealed within it. Just a very, very small aspect of God's revelation is revealed here in this world. And the way that God influences here in the world is in a way of, of uh, concealment and, and hiddenness. And Anytime we talk about something that is revealed in a hidden way, we refer to this as being encompassing from above. So it's not, so basically the altar is saying that when we say that God's light encompasses all the world, we're not saying that God is not here imminently inside of the actual world. We're just saying that God's influence here in this world and the way that God is manifest here in this world is concealed. And so the altar goes on to say, and he explains this idea that there's, two worlds that we are talk, talked about often in Hasidus. They're sort of like the two uh, dimensions of creation in a broad sense, we can think of them. The first one is Alma des Kasia. This is the hidden world, it means in Aramaic. And we know that this Alma des Kasia, this hidden world is higher in level than the Alma des Galia, the re, than the revealed world. And so basically the point that the ultra is trying to bring out here is that when we say that God is encompassing all the worlds and that God is hidden, that's that's not us saying that God is removed from the world in a certain way, God forbid. In fact, it's saying quite the opposite. It's saying that this level of God, which is hidden, this level of God, which encompasses all the worlds, is very much present in this world. And it's even higher than the light that fills all the world. It's just concealed. It's just, we don't see it for what it is. And then the ultra goes on and he says that to make this a little bit more explicable to our human intellect to be for us to be able to understand this we're going to explain this by way of an example and we're going to talk about a person so this is going back to the intro he doesn't talk about a playwright but he does talk about the idea of a person and a person's mind so he says that for example if a person visualizes is within their mind something that they saw or something that they see so it's like you think about something that you experienced yesterday let's say like uh yesterday i walked to the botanical garden so i can visualize that walk in my mind or i can think about something that i'm seeing right now in front of me i'm looking at the computer i'm looking at the tanya and i create a visual image inside of my mind of these things so even though the entire body of this thing the external aspects of the thing and the actual content of the thing are illustrated with I, within my mind because I see it. I see it very clearly in my mind. I can think about the botanical gardens. I can think about this Hanyu book. I see it very clearly in my mind. We describe these objects or experiences as being encompassed by my mind. We don't say that the botanical gardens is like literally inside of my mind or the computer is literally inside of my mind, right? So rather, we say that these things are encompassed, but whatever it is that we're thinking about at the current, current time is encompassed by our mind and thought. And just for humans, 
at least, and this is where it gets to be a little bit different than in terms of God, it's just in the imagination of our mind. So, because there really is a very big difference between me and the botanical gardens and the, and the computer, right? So these things are encompassed by my mind in an imaginative way. So for God, it's a little bit different because there is no real separation between God and the objects in the world. However, this similarity is an understanding of the fact of how it is that God encompasses everything here in this world in this way of in this way of encompassing all the worlds, even though we know that God is really present in everything in this world. And this is just in contrast to his light of Mamalikolamin, which is this more like minute radiance of light that's more in a revealed sense that actually is revealed in a more revealed, imminent way, as opposed to this more like encompassing light, which we can understand through our thought and the, the things we think and imagine about. So that's it for today. And I hope that was clear and we will continue along these lines tomorrow and I'll speak to you then. Thanks for listening to the It Is Top podcast hosted by Sarit Switzer. This podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather, Avraham Yitzchak ben Binyamin Cohen of Blessed Memory. Music by Shoshana. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, please share it with others and subscribe on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review. To find out more about the It Is Top project, including more information on my soon-to-be-published book, please visit our website, itistaught.com. To catch the latest from me, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow, and until then, have a great day.